0: Today on The Scott Thompson Show on 900-CHML. All right. Uh, news coming up today that uh, tomorrow a private investigator will provide an update into the Sherman uh, murders. Uh You might remember that uh, this was originally uh, Honey and Barry Sherman, uh, originally uh, thought to be a murder-suicide. Then it turned from there to a double homicide, and and pretty much it's been crickets ever since. We haven't heard an awful lot. Uh, They have hired, the family has hired their own private investigation team, uh, which is, I guess, who's going to make the comment on uh, Friday, tomorrow, Uh, and of course, uh, Toronto Police not really saying much at this point either. Let's bring in uh, Joe Warmington, columnist with Your Toronto Sun, who's followed this story, and he is with us now. Joe, thanks for the time. Much appreciated.
1: Well, it's good to be with you, and uh, yeah, lots going on. It's a busy week.
0: I'm going to ask you about the other stuff in the week a little later. Uh, First of all, anything, any indication, any sort of clue as to what could be coming up tomorrow with this press conference?
1: Well, um, there's a few things. I mean, first of all, it's the first opportunity that we've had in nine months to ask, you know, uh, investigators some questions. There are so many uh, that come out of the Old Colony Road mansion there. And of course, this is not Toronto Police. this is the family, but they've run a parallel investigation, and they've done it with Tommy Clatt, who's a you know legendary Toronto police homicide detective so and his team. So this is going to be very, very uh, significant and so I do expect you're going to hear some details that uh, we have you know anything is something because we've got very little.
0: Yeah, good point. Uh, surprised that this is coming from their investigators as opposed to Toronto Police.
1: Um, yes and no. I mean, the police have had a tough time on this one. It's not one of their, you know, finest hours. Uh, they started off with it being a murder-suicide, and they were there all the way up until a couple days before they announced that they announced they get a the double murder. And so I think that they, you know, because of that kind of, I'm uh, being kind, rough start, uh, you know, perhaps they're going to be a little more careful in how they uh, move forward on this. Just do it slower, and it'll be more methodical.
0: Uh, do you, what do you think the relationship is like between the police and this separate investigation team? Would there be friction there? Or are they all on the same page? Because well, basic, basically they're providing parallel investigations, right?
1: I think that's the thing to watch for tomorrow is just that relationship. I suspect you're right. I think there's friction there, and I think that there's a lot of issues around that. You know, you got to remember that it's about the Toronto police they decide what this investigation is. They're the authority of it. I understand the family wanted to go a particular way, and they brought in good people, and they've got Eddie Greenspan, they've got the means to get these are the top people at what they do. But ultimately, it's the Toronto Police's investigation, and so I suspect they don't really like the idea of a bunch of media going out to Apex a- a- uh, tomorrow to be getting a theory or you know, a series of different uh, points of view without their input.
0: Do you think, do you think Toronto police are no, know what they're going to say tomorrow or will they be just as interested as we are to find out what they, they have We don't to know say.
1: where Toronto police, uh, you know, where their investigative board is, uh, you know, if they have a suspect list, you know, uh, so that could be anywhere from, you know, people that are close to the victims to people who, uh, you know, that, we don't know who they were, they're from abroad or whatever, so, you know, they haven't tipped their hand, um, and so I suspect it would be really, I mean, in my whole career here in Toronto, I don't remember this ever going to a news conference with a parallel investigation. Do you remember one?
0: Your no, phone? no, not at yeah. all. And, and I'm, even, our, I'm even sitting yeah. here thinking, like, wouldn't this be a joint investigation where they're both there? And like, the, because you certainly get the impression they're not working together. And we certainly know from the Bernardo case what happens when police services, well, not that this is another police service, but certainly another investigative body, don't work together. So you're just wondering if this is helping or hurting the investigation in the long run.
1: Well, it's Toronto Police that, that brought it on themselves because, you know, they, they didn't get their own investigation right from the beginning. And, you know, we all went to that funeral with the information that I brought out, the Toronto Sun, that Barry Sherman had allegedly, or not allegedly, they said that he had killed his wife and then himself. So, you know, uh, you reap what you saw, You bring something like that out, and it's not just me, but all the media were told the same thing. You can see why a family would be mistrusting. Now, they, from the very beginning, and if you recall the funeral, the son and the like, uh, you know, we're very clear that there's just no way that it could have gone down like that. We just don't know the truth. I mean, you know, I I just have a hard time understanding how the police could, uh, it's a very professional outfit. Uh, Toronto, I do deal with them all the time. How could they have uh, messed that up? Have they caved to political pressure? I mean, they got calls from the mayor, the prime minister, all the prominent business people. You know, nobody wanted it to go a particular way. So this thing is ugly. It's a mess.
0: Do we know who's heading this investigation for Toronto Police? I had heard rumor or something mentioned about Hank Zigna, who was the guy that was responsible and the, the lead on the MacArthur case. Have you heard
1: that? No, but that would be good news. if, uh, if, if Hank is the head of Homicide Now. He's the acting right. inspector. So he would so, be. You know, I think he would be yeah. overseeing it. I haven't heard that Detective Sue Gomes uh, is the one that was leading it before. I haven't heard her take it off at all I have seen her on other cases. Uh, This has not been a high priority for Toronto Police. uh, Beyond the, you know, when I say that, it was actually the largest amount of material, you know, evidence gathering that we'd ever seen in Toronto. But since then, uh, you know, you don't hear anything. You don't hear them working on it. They've been going for some search warrants, slow and methodical, and there's only one or two detectives working on it. I think it's Sue Gomes and Brandon Price. Uh, You know, we've heard that they've interviewed uh, Frank D'Angelo, and they've interviewed Terry Winter, the cousin, and people like that. But there's a lot of things that they may be doing that we don't know. These are top investigators, and just because they had a a rough start, uh, it may not have been a rough start. We don't know. This is how we're portraying it. Hmm. Remember, there's billions of dollars behind the scenes here.
0: Yeah. Uh, I can't let you go without asking you your opinion on what is materializing in the United States with uh, uh, bombing uh, people trying to to mail uh, uh, bombs through the uh, through the postal service and such hitting or trying to hit uh, prominent Democrats or, th- or their supporters what is what is your thought about well, where this has come to
1: <laughs> well I mean I, you know I, I don't maybe be unpopular but but I mean, obviously we have to have an open mind that we can see what the fbi come up with but if you look at it closely here's the things that i noticed the fbi has not called these bombs or pipe bombs they call them potential devices that potentially could detonate not even explosives so i'm reading that to you know again and this is not confirmed but i've listened enough and read enough that all of the materials were in these envelopes but they weren't necessarily positioned to explode right so that's one clue and then um You know, the other stuff, um, I mean, it's one of two things. It's either a wacky, you know, uh, make America great again whack job, or it's somebody that is afraid that, you know, Donald Trump's going to win these midterms on the other side and they've done a false flag kind of operation. It's one of those two things, I believe. And uh, I think we'll know. I think we're going to know very quickly. And I'd look for a patsy, too. I, I think whoever has done this has planned it out well enough that, you know, they may have thought through, Scenarios like I've just described there. Uh,
0: if it is designed to be just a scare, is does that make it any less terrorizing?
1: No, it's disgusting. I mean, look at—I uh, don't think any of the American discourse is, is is appropriate. All of it. I don't blame it all on President Trump. I mean, that's all you hear. I mean, you know, they had a, you know the comedian with his head cut off, and they had a murder in Central Park, and lots of people talk about punching him in the mouth including Robert De Niro and F off and you know the Madonna
0: Yeah, but let's be, let's, be, the White House, let's be let's you be know. honest. Let's be honest, Joe. I'm he he, honest. he started this. I mean, he was the one that started the divisiveness. Most people just stood there with their mouths hanging open for the first few months and just thought, I can't believe he's saying this stuff. Now it's no, got to the agree. point
1: I don't agree I don't agree uh, at all with that. I think he counterpunches all of it was uh, started by his opponents who hate him, and you know they wrote letters that he shouldn't be inaugurated. They blocked artists from singing at his inauguration. This is politics, and yeah, there's trouble on both sides, and there's stuff on both sides. Just because the guy stands up for himself uh, doesn't mean that he's responsible for it. I don't agree with that narrative, but I knew that it would be unpopular uh, with uh, you know with uh, the media because the media seems to be going a narrative. I don't do that. Uh, you asked me a question. Mm-hmm. I answered it the way that I felt. Now, having said that, I have an open-minded who could have been behind it because I learned my lesson on predicting when it comes to violent crime. Uh, you know, you can't let it go a particular way that you'd like it to go politically. Just let them figure it out, and then I'll go with that. But Do you
0: think Donald Trump's his own worst enemy, Joe?
1: No, I think he's doing fine. I think that uh, his job is to deliver... But, you know, Joe, just let me ask problem. you this.
0: What, what if he just decided to stop tweeting? Don't you think that things would really simmer down?
1: I don't think that's his job. I think he's responding to you know a spirited campaign against him, and I don't have any problem with what he's doing. I think that's exactly what Premier Ford should do. Doesn't I, I just a- think I just
0: think that the issue, no matter if it's you know a letter bombs, no matter if it's immigration, no matter if it's this, that, or the other, in the end, we all stop. We, we all end up not talking about the issue, but what Donald Trump's reaction was it, it was to it or well, what the, he's the twin
1: question, he, i don't think he's done anything wrong i mean he's done nothing wrong here
0: i i didn't so say that he's critics. done anything wrong yes. joe and i don't blame this on him but i'm thinking his divisiveness isn't helping this at this point he if should they, be trying he should be trying to bring critics, the country together rather than his
1: critics don't talk about you know kicking people when they're low and they don't t- talk about you know, cutting his head off. And, and yeah, but you know what, maybe Joe? That'll help.
0: Yeah, but you know what, Joe? Like, he's the president of the United States. Why isn't he even talking about this stuff? Why is he even, why are we even discussing this? I mean, he makes it a show. Why is he, why does he have to be in the spotlight? Why does he have to be bigger than the issue?
1: He's the president, and he doesn't play the politically correct game. Selected to do that. There's a big election, it's a silly season on right now. And I think what happened here was the Democrats, uh, overplayed their hand on Kavanaugh, and I think they were starting to look kind of bad to people, uh, on some of the things that they've been saying. Mm-hmm. And so they just were sort of, you know, it was potentially, uh, changing the narrative. Now, I don't know if that's related to this or not, but I, I'm sorry that I don't uh, think the way you do on it. Uh, um, I, I want to
0: Again, I don't think he's i don't think he's the cause yeah. of this. I just think he's his own worst enemy. I think he makes it worse for himself by what he says. If he just put his head down and do the business, I think he'd be fine. And whenever the president speaks, everyone reacts. He's the most powerful man in the world. You have to. As soon as we stop no, listening been, to the president, we're in trouble.
1: It's some, something for sure that uh, a lot of people have that point of view. I'm not one of them. Uh, I think there's nothing wrong with him responding to the things that you know put to him i had no problem with his debates uh, with canada on the free trade uh,
0: what, so about that, he's, how, what about when he, how he, said, that's who he what about what he but said what about what he said about Blasey ford and when he imitates people
1: you know what again i mean if you look at that closely all he was saying you know again he just pointed out the things that ended up being the way that they voted which was that you know, she didn't know where it was, and she didn't know what year it was, and all those things. I, I don't, I don't have any problem with it. Um, and you know, I know a lot of people do. I, I, I just, uh, I don't have I, a problem I, with, with his politics. Politics, and he plays it rough and tough, and they don't like it because because uh, he wins. And uh, I, I don't
0: have a problem with his politics. I just have a problem with the way Scott. he presents it.
1: The bellwether here, Scott, is on uh, in this uh, midterms. When they happen, and that will be, you know, you will see it because if he doesn't win, uh, and I say he, you know what I mean, the Republicans yeah. lose control of the House and all that, then, then you're right, then he will have to change his tactics there, or, or he should have changed them. If he does win, if he won the Kavanaugh thing, and if he wins this thing, uh, I think this is a big problem for him right now with the, uh, the bombs, uh, alleged yeah. bombs or wherever they are. Now watch for him in the next day or two. He fends off every attack that comes his way. doesn't matter how spirited it is yep. or how long no, right. it is. So watch for him to, you know, how he manipulates this in throwing it back in the Democrats' face. Because they're doing it, you know, you hear it on CNN. Oh, yeah. CNN the Both,
0: side, both or... sides are just as bad. i got to let you go, Joe. We are plum out of time. Joe Warmington, columnist for your what Toronto Sun. The Scott Thompson Show. Weekdays from noon to 3 on 900-CHML.